Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to my podcast. If you don't know me already, I am married to Mr. Daryl. I don't actually call him that, but we've been married for almost 28 years. We have eight kids, ages 12 to 26. We have four grandkids and we have been homeschooling over 20 years. I am so happy to be here. This is episode number four of my podcast. Um, it's been great to hear from all of you, the ways that you've been encouraged, and I'm just praying that God will continue to use it in your life, and He's certainly using it in my life. I would love for you to share the podcast with friends, leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you're listening from. If you're listening on my blog, you are listening from SoundCloud, so that's where you would want to leave your comments. I appreciate it because what happens then is the podcast moves up and more moms get to see it and hopefully be encouraged as well. So today um, I want to talk to you about uh, learning to trust your instincts as a homeschooling parent. Now I actually do have done a um, about an hour long talk on that. I am not going to spend an hour with you today. I try to keep it to around 30 minutes. That's how it's uh, sort of just ended up happening. So I'm going to go with that. But I do want to touch on some things um, from my book. Uh, we have been doing a drawing every week for a copy, a free copy of my book. Um, I am podcasting a little bit early, sort of pre-recording, because we're going to be on vacation. So I don't have names this week. So we'll do two drawings next week and uh, we'll have two winners and I will mail you a free copy of my book. So if you leave a comment, review or whatever on SoundCloud or, or SoundCloud or iTunes, I'll take your name, throw it in a hat and you may just win a free book. And you know what? My book isn't here. There it is. Oh. <laughs> okay, so how's that for real life podcasting? I couldn't find my, uh, my own book that I wrote um, and it was actually tucked inside my Bible and here it was. <laughs> so you get to hear me talk to myself, which I do frequently. So um, hopefully that'll make some of you all feel better as well because I have a feeling most of you talk to yourselves, but we'll just let that be our little secret, right? All right, so let's look at chapter number three, where we talk about learning to trust your instincts. I was sharing in the last podcast that I've been trying, my goal was to go through a few chapters every podcast, but it turns out that God seems to lay something related um, on my heart that's more geared towards encouraging the mom hearts. So as we're uh, talking about some of these things regarding homeschooling our kids and unhurried homeschooling, God is also pulling in some really great um, great encouragement for us as moms along the way because, boy, do we sure need it. I always say, I think homeschooling parents are the bomb. Um, I, I just think any parent who decides that they're going to spend 24-7 with their kid deserves a reward, uh, an award of some sort. You're a hero in my eyes, that's for sure. But today I want to talk about learning to, to trust your instincts. So we, t we taught our kids how to sit up and walk and talk and eat with utensils, right? So why do we freak out when it's time for them to learn to read? I really believe it's because we've had so many other voices uh, speaking to us, telling us too many things. And that has been creating doubts in our hearts that we're capable of teaching our children. The interesting thing is, 
as I've watched over the years and prayed and thought about this a lot, I really believe it is more likely that we are quite possibly the very best teachers for our kids. I mean, really, who loves them more than we do? Who has their best interest in mind more than we do? So that alone causes us to stand apart from everyone else who um, could possibly educate our children. I remember back in the 70s and 80s, um, actually, I don't really remember because I didn't listen to them then, but I do know that they were, uh, Raymond and Dr. Raymond and Dorothy Moore were talking um, about homeschooling then and actually homeschooling their own kids when nobody else was doing it. They were highly educated educators. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that, right? But they wrote several thought-provoking books on homeschooling. And their perspective, um, I just love. And here's what they said. Um, this is a quote from their book. The Smithsonian Institution's study of 20 world-class geniuses stressed three factors, okay? Number one, a warm, loving, educationally responsive parents and other adults. Number two, scant association without scant association outside of the family. So really the family was the center of, of, their, of their education and their life. And then number three, a great deal of creative freedom under parental guidance to explore their ideas. And then the parent just drilling as necessary. These ingredients for genius are a mixture of head, hand, heart, and health. Mixed in with balance and your sound example, they bring out great characters and personalities. Now, we've graduated five so far, and I can attest that this is absolutely true. I'm, I'm not saying my kids are geniuses. I mean, I, I'd like to think they are, but um, in their own ways, they are, because God has a purpose and a plan for each of our kids that is unique to them, and it is what, um, it, it does make them a genius, in their field, in the purpose that God has for them. And our job is to nurture that and to help bring that out. And we clearly can do that in a warm, loving environment um, that's family-oriented and also an environment that gives our kids freedom, a lot of creative freedom under our guidance. Don't you just love that? That's just like the perfect picture of homeschooling. And I just, I love, I love the balance there with head, hand, heart, and health. You know, you've probably heard this before. This is, isn't that what the 4-H motto is? Um, and it's basically, you want those four elements because it's, it's really creates a whole education. So, um, you know, we want to, we want to educate the whole child, not just their heads. And in order to do that, we have to have that kind of balance and it gives our kids a fuller and richer educational experience. One of the other things that I talk about in this chapter is what if you don't feel prepared? Well, I find it interesting because like I was talking about in last week's podcast, as I've as God as I've been discipling our kids and teaching them along the way, God's been teaching me. And God really does equip us and gives us a God-given compass inside of us when it comes to raising our children. He equips us for what he puts in front of us to do. And raising our children is one of our greatest callings and accomplishments in life. And do you think that God would call you to something like that and not equip you for the task in front of you? Now, one thing that 
I have learned over the years is I do not feel bad or guilty for sourcing out some things that I really know that I'm really not good at and I have no desire to do. For instance, our son, who's now a software engineer, he was in a, a little computer class at the local um, parent program that we had in our area. And he, uh, he met a, a gentleman uh, who was the computer science lab teacher. And it turns out that this man um, mentored our son and helped him was part of the the the, uh, the reason that our son learned at around 12 years old exactly what he wanted to do. It was it was that, and then an experience uh, just reading a book that he had picked out and brought to me and asked me to buy. And I told him I would buy it for him, but only if he read the whole thing because he really wasn't a big reader. And I was trying to encourage reading. And so when he came to me with this book, I said, oh yeah, I'll buy it for you, but you have to read the whole thing. And it was C++. So it was a computer programming book. That was the first of many computer programming books that he read subsequently after that, one after the other after the other. And what I'm saying uh, is that God is so good at piecing all of that together for us if we just trust him and pray over our kids' education and pray over what we're doing with them and pray over sourcing out maybe some things that we're not really good at. Don't let anybody tell you that it's not really homeschooling if you do that. Our job is to facilitate what God orchestrates. And, and God will show us what he has for our kids. And then our job is to help carry that out. We're the tool that he uses to do that. So never feel bad for sourcing some of that stuff out as the Lord leads. Now, I want to talk about this internal compass that God's given us. Um, like I said, I believe he's given us this, this internal compass uh, when it comes to raising our kids, and he equips us for what he's put in front of us. And this isn't just a side job. For many years, this is our main job. And it's important that we tune into this God-given instinct. But in order to do that, we have to understand a few key things. Number one, parental instincts grow over time. You remember in the last podcast, I was talking to you about how patient God has been with me over the years. He has discipled me as I've discipled my kids, and we've all been learning along the way. And he's so patient and so gracious to cover the weak areas with his mighty hand. And he did that by his spirit and, and through those that he brought into our lives to mentor our kids, like uh, Mr. Jennings that I mentioned earlier, who was a computer science teacher. He brought many friends and tutors and teachers. And um, also, as my kids got older, I realized my husband was uh, really good at explaining um, like economics and politics and things like that to them, things that I didn't typically delve into as much. He was really good at talking with them about. So it's amazing how God just brings those things out along the way in whatever season that you happen to be in. So you can trust him for that. I don't believe that God called us to pull off the entire homeschooling journey alone. Um, it just, it really actually isn't even healthy. We want our kids to be well-rounded and a great way to encourage this kind of growth is letting them experience chunks of their learning with others, especially as they get older. I've noticed that as my kids got more into the junior high and high school years, they needed that that outside confirmation of what we were what we were teaching them at home 
they also needed that outside influence of mentorship of people doing um, things that maybe my husband and I aren't good at and learning to respect someone for their gift and talent that, that they can do and um, that maybe their parents couldn't pull off. And, and that is good for our kids to see. It teaches them that there are lots of different people and lots of different purposes out there. And God has a plan for each and every person. Now, the second point that I want to bring home when it comes to uh, learning to listen to that instinct is to homeschool from a place of strength. Now, let me explain what I mean. So I found that if I teach our children out of my strengths, that is out of my giftings, that God faithfully takes care of the rest. For example, I am routine oriented. I like routines. I like um, a schedule, but I like white space in that schedule with approximate times to get things done. And from that, from that, because that was my strength, my kids have learned to follow a daily routine, but they've also learned that their routine can be pliable. So much of life requires everyday discipline, which our kids have learned to do. Um, other areas, I've always had an interest in health and nutrition, so I've spent a lot of time researching healthier things to eat and um, uh, read loads of information on herbs and supplements and things like that, learning about how our bodies work. And in that process, I was able to explain in simple terms to our kids what I was doing and why. Um, they would often come alongside me and just watch me. And you know, that may never be an interest for them. They may never do that themselves. But what I taught them was that I was a lifelong learner and that I showed them what it looks like to have an interest and pursue that interest um, and that curiosity and what that looks like. And like I've said before, we uh, will impact our kids more greatly with what we do than what we say. So be that example. You and you know, it, the interesting thing is, I think a lot of parents give up a lot of things on the altar of homeschooling. Often they'll give up their hobbies and things that they enjoy in order to homeschool their kids. But many of, for my husband and I, a lot of our interests were passed on to our kids naturally because we pulled them in to some of those hobbies and those interests. Um, also, my husband and I are very, very firm believers in a strong work ethic. So that's another thing, another strength of ours that we've passed on to our kids. And, um, and it happened naturally because those are things that are strengths for us. We... Um, those were things we didn't have to work as hard at and we enjoyed. Now, granted, there are obviously going to be some things that you have to do that you don't really enjoy, but I think for the most part, um, we can learn to homeschool from that place of strength using our, our giftings to, um, to teach our kids what they need to know. So honestly, that, um, it just means operating in courage and not fear. So basically what we want to do is we want to recognize what God has given us and, and utilize that and recognize it as valuable. And don't be fearful about the areas where we're not strong. And trust that God is going to help us facilitate that somehow, that he will bring along the right people at the right time in the right place for our kids. And the last thing, number three, in learning to uh, trust your instincts is to take the time to listen. Now, this goes right along with my tagline, which is encouraging unhurried hearts at home. 
Your instincts will grow best when you take the time to listen to them. Now, when I feel stressed or pressured, I've already told you this, <laughs> I am not a nice person. I don't make good decisions. And um, my kids don't really like being around me. You can just ask them. And I'm assuming that that's true for you too. So therefore, unhurried homeschooling isn't just a good fit for us, it's a good fit for our kids. And it's a good fit for us as a family. I love to think about homeschooling as, as school revolving around home, not home around school. So have you ever realized that sometimes, um, quite often actually, fear is a big part of what causes us to feel hurried and stressed? And God says we're not supposed to fear. Like, we don't have to fear. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. I love the version that says a sound mind, because couldn't we all use a little more of that, right? <laughs> As my friend Heidi says, a moment of silence for a sound mind. Amen, sister. So we need to remember what's important. You need to remember that God loves you, and his word says that he is love. It also says that perfect love drives out fear. It casts it out. Now, if we read in Isaiah 40, it says, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This reminds me of the scripture we talked about last week where Jesus said he's not going to put anything ill-fitting or heavy on you. Remember that, that. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. This journey that we have, that we're walking with our kids, is a worthwhile one. And it is really, um, it's a calling. And I also believe that it is a mission. Now, have you all ever thought about the uh, characteristics of a missionary and compared them to the characteristics of parenting? I sat down and wrote down a few things that I want to share with you. So as a missionary, um, here are some of the things that are characteristic of that calling. Impacting a culture for the kingdom. Aren't we doing that as we're raising our kids and homeschooling them? On call 24-7. Heck yeah. <laughs> right? Speak different languages. Okay, let's stop and think about that for a minute. Toddlers are hard to understand sometimes. And it does feel like they're speaking a different language. Teenagers, do you ever just feel like you're talking and your lips are moving, but they're not understanding anything you're saying? I have actually literally said to my kids, I am speaking English, right? You, my lips are moving. There is sound coming out. Are you hearing me? We speak a different language. And there has to be this overcoming of these communication barriers and language barriers, just like a missionary on a mission field. We're discipling. Isn't that what missionaries do? They're walking alongside and they're discipling these people that they have, um, that, that they're um, 
drawing to the Lord. They have to walk by the Spirit and trust. They, they really trust. It's a deep, deep trust. And they have to learn to be listening to him, His voice. They have to be willing to go places that they've never gone before. Hmm. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? Yeah. I, I've been uncomfortable a lot as a parent. And also, here's a question for you. Does a missionary know everything before they go and do? Nope. Our kids don't come with a manual. You know, they're born and nobody says, here's how you raise them and they'll turn out fine. Nope. It's learning as we go. God discipling us while we disciple our kids. We don't have to know everything. We just need to know the creator who made us and who made our kids. Remember that hurry will kill our prayer life, cloud our vision, and undermine our mission. Parenting and homeschooling is a mission. And I want to reread that scripture that I read last week. Walk with me and work with me. This is Jesus talking. He's telling us to walk with him and work with him. He says, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So when I uh, posted something like this on Facebook, somebody was asking me about practical application. How in the world do we practice this um, unhurried lifestyle? What are things that we can do to help this become somewhat of a discipline? Well, I can share some of the things that work for me, but I would love for you all to share on Facebook or Instagram this week things that, um, that are helping you, that help you remember to be unhurried, to help you walk in that, at that pace, to slow your pace to the pace of Jesus. To Instead of trying to get him to match our hurried pace, we slow down our pace to match his. Talk about the ways that you're doing that. So for me, I have to back off of multitasking. There's something about multitasking that makes me feel so incredibly fragmented. Now, sometimes, um, obviously, as moms, we have to multitask a lot of the time. But there are times when I'm feeling my, I'm losing, um, I'm losing touch with my heart. I'm losing touch with the Lord. That that communion isn't there. And I need it back. And, and if I continue to multitask, it doesn't happen. I'm too fragmented. My mind is too many different places. Another way that I do that is to get off of social media, to shut off my phone for long periods of time throughout the day so that I can be listening for the Lord's voice and I can recognize where he's working and I can jump in and join with him. I do not see it when I look at my phone and read a post and then go back to what I was doing and then go back and look at my phone again. Maybe y'all can do it, but I cannot pull that off. So that is one way that I help keep that focus. Um, also, looking for those red flags. Um, when I start to get impatient, um, I am shocked sometimes. I don't know about y'all, but when I go down the highway and I, I couldn't believe it. Last week, I was going to Costco 
I was an angry driver and I really had to step back and say, what in the world is going on here? I had no idea I was that wound up until I got out on the road. <laughs> so really watch for those red flags. That was something I don't think I would have necessarily recognized had I not been on the road and realized um, how angry I really was. <laughs> But those are my red flags that when I start to treat other people poorly, I'm clearly pushing forward and, and being sort of propelled forward. And that is not what God's calling me to. He wants to lead me. Am I being led or am I being driven? I was clearly being driven as I was driving to Costco the other day. So watch for those red flags. And the other thing is... Um, and I know this can be hard as, as moms, but to withdraw regularly. Jesus gave such a good example of that in the Bible. Now, we have to remember, if you really think about it, this man was in full-time ministry, three years straight, everywhere he went. Um, people were demanding things from him and wanting him and needing him. And people needed to be healed. There were tons of needs and there were demands on him all the time, but he took the time to withdraw regularly and hear from the Father what he wanted. He was facilitating what God was orchestrating, just like we are doing in our homes and with our kids. So if we can follow that example of Jesus, and, it, and I know if something is important to us, we will make it happen. And we can, and God can help us. You know, there are times that my withdrawing has happened while I'm folding laundry. The kids happen to be, you know, busy playing and doing well and getting along, thank the Lord. And I'm folding laundry and I realize it's a moment of peace. That is a moment to withdraw my heart and to just say, Lord, am I, you know, am I doing what you're calling me to do today? Or just having that love exchange with him and remembering who he is something that connects us back to him. So I just want to encourage you, um, again, to share your ideas on Facebook and Instagram or even in the comments on the blog here on this uh, podcast um, of, of ways that you have found to pull back and slow your pace to match Jesus's pace for your day. Well, I want to go ahead and pray with y'all um, over your week again. Um, I did not write a, a challenge question. Um, I think that just sitting back and thinking about the ways that we can uh, practically apply this principle of slowing down is probably enough of a challenge. I know it is for me. So be thinking of ways that you can do that um, and sharing those. We would, I would love to hear them. So I want to go ahead and just pray over you um, and pray over your week. Heavenly Father, I lift up these moms to you, God. I thank you for these women who love you and are heeding your call as moms, as homeschooling moms. Father, I pray, God, that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that you are there. Your presence is with them, no matter where they go, no matter what they what they're doing, no matter their circumstances, Father, you are there and you are ready to give them the wisdom and the guidance that they need, Lord. Father, we need we need you. We need you desperately, but Lord, you're so faithful. We just need to stop and ask, Father, 
pause our hearts and inquire of you, God. Help us to remember to do that, to facilitate what you orchestrate, to look for your work, where you're working and join in, Father, to not be so insistent on running at a frantic pace that we miss what you might be wanting to do in us and around us, God. We love you. Help us to have the peace that Jesus had. Lord, we, we need your help with that, Father. Help us not to give in to the enemy, into his lies and his, his um, uh, temptations to rush us along and um, help us to remember that you want to lead us. You don't drive us, Father. You want to lead us, Father. Help us to follow your lead this week. God, bless these families. Bless these marriages. Bless these women, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.